I'm Jasmine Moulton, and this is Reality Check. Reality Check is a new show here at True North, where we'll equip you with the facts that you need to debunk the most common arguments of leftists. In the era of build back better in the post-COVID recovery, we've heard a lot from politicians who are really sanguine about their ability to create jobs. Take a listen. Create more jobs. Creating more steady, well-paying jobs. Creating good jobs. 380,000 jobs. Creating good middle-class jobs. We need a million jobs to fill. Our plan will create jobs. Create great, well-paying, local jobs. And create tens of thousands of jobs to invest in the jobs of the future. Our top priority is getting as many people back to work in good jobs. And to create jobs. We just heard from a variety of Canadian politicians from across the political spectrum, all saying that their government was able to create jobs by spending your money. This is Keynesian economic theory that if the government spends money during recessions or during down economic times, they can stimulate the economy by quote unquote, creating jobs. Now they claim to create jobs in two different ways. One is through creating jobs directly. That's if they create a thousand jobs by hiring a thousand teachers, for example. They also claim to create jobs indirectly. That's through infrastructure spending. These aren't direct employees, but it could create construction jobs, for example. So while politicians will claim that they're creating jobs either directly or indirectly, your argument is that on net, there's actually job losses. The key here is to really look at opportunity costs. So if they've taken all of that money out of the economy, they've spent that money to quote unquote create their jobs, how many jobs were lost because of the money that they've removed from the economy? The government can only get money in three main ways, taxation, by printing it or by borrowing it. And all of these three things create unemployment. Consider taxation, either personal income tax or corporate income tax. Both of those things remove disposable income out of the pockets of either individuals or businesses. In the case of individuals, that means that they now have less money in their pocket to stimulate the economy on their own, to buy goods and services that would create jobs. When you look at corporations, for example, they're not just going to take a hit that increased taxation would give them. So they're either going to raise the cost of their goods, decrease or stagnate wages, or even eliminate jobs. And all of those things would decrease employment. Yet politicians of all political stripes are still addicted to the ribbon cutting announcement that they've created jobs or they've made investments. Because at first, the results are highly visible. If you've given a thousand people money to work, then everybody can see that you've quote unquote created a thousand jobs. But because the negative side effects of that are so widely dispersed across the economy, it's far more difficult to point out the opportunity costs. The reason why the government will always destroy more jobs than it creates by taking money out of the economy is because of this simple principle. Nobody spends somebody else's money as carefully as he spends his own. Because you've worked hard for your money, you want to spend it as wisely as possible and make sure you get the best return on your investment. But the politicians and bureaucrats spending your hard-earned tax dollars have different incentives, perhaps re-election, so they want short-term positive news stories like ribbon cutting and quote-unquote job creation, or in the bureaucrats example, perhaps they just don't want their budget slashed next year, so they're incentivized to spend through the entire thing. So while politicians may claim to be investing, and you'll hear that word so often, economist Ricardo Caballero said that investing means trading the present for the future. 
but politicians often take the exact opposite approach when it comes to quote unquote investing. You'll always hear politicians say that they're making investments for the future, but really what they're doing is short-term spending that's beneficial now and that actually will be quite costly and not the best decision for taxpayers in the future. As famed economist Thomas Sowell says, it's hard to imagine a more stupid or a more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. This rings especially true for the politicians that we seem to have in Ottawa today. And it's hardly surprising that they make so many errors when it comes to quote unquote job creation in our economy when you look at their background. So let's take a quick look. Let's start with Justin Trudeau, Canada's current prime minister. Take a listen to this clip of him from 2014. It was the year before he was elected prime minister in Canada. So in, in this economic climate, how, how committed to a balanced uh, budget would you be right now? Would it worry you to go into deficit in this current climate to, as you say, put more people to work? The commitment needs to be uh, a commitment to grow the economy and the budget will balance itself. He honestly believes that government spending is the path to prosperity. That's terrifying. But when you look at his background, it's hardly surprising that he's so ill-informed about economics. He didn't have any formal training in economics. In fact, he didn't have any real business experience at all. He was a teacher for a few years before getting into politics. Next up, if you look at Federal Finance Minister and Deputy Prime Minister Christia Freeland, while her resume is very impressive as a journalist, she too lacks the business credentials that she could draw on to justify these grandiose claims she makes about her ability to create jobs in Canada. True North actually did some great reporting on this and found that more than half of Trudeau's cabinet have zero business experience. That said, Canada is a democracy. And while we don't vote for the specific roles of who gets to fill prime minister or the rest of cabinet, Canadians did elect a liberal government led by Justin Trudeau, who clearly lacks very fundamental economics and business training or experience. And that shows when it comes to his abysmal track record on his promises to quote unquote, create jobs. But it's worth going through step by step why the government actually cannot create jobs. Because as I said, politicians of all political stripes in this country are guilty of this claim. So on today's show, we're going to debunk this idea that government can create jobs. And we're going to go through all three arguments as to why they can't. One, it's unproven. Two, it's wasteful. And three, it's unsustainable. Here's argument number one. When the government hands out taxpayer money to private businesses, this is called corporate welfare and it is extremely wasteful. Now, while the government likes to claim that they're investing in jobs and growth, what's actually happening in plain English is that they're taking money out of taxpayers' pockets like yours and mine or from small businesses and most often handing it over to large multinational corporations with pretty big bottom lines. Let's take a look at a few examples. Number one, Bombardier. In 2017, the government gave Bombardier a $373 million bailout. This was from the Trudeau government. And also the Quebec government pitched in an extra $1 billion. Then Bombardier turned around and laid off 3,000 Canadian workers just 18 months later. Obviously, it's really hard to suggest that this was a job creation strategy, and it's a terrible return on investment. Number two, Loblaws. The Trudeau government handed over Loblaws, a massive company in Canada, $12 million to upgrade their freezers. Fast forward about a year later, the company lays off about 700 employees in its Quebec and Ontario distribution centers, citing increased automation as a reason that they didn't need them anymore. At this point, it almost seems like the government is paying large organizations to lay off its workers, but let's carry on. Number three, Maple Leaf. 
The Ontario and federal governments jointly gave Maple Leaf Foods $55 million of taxpayer money to go toward a poultry processing facility in London, Ontario. The only problem is that the company decided to shut down three other plants in the surrounding area and amalgamate them into one. And in doing so, they laid off 300 workers. Number four, the Ford Motor Company. Ontario Premier Doug Ford and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau jointly gave $590 million of taxpayer money to the Ford Motor Company to retool its Oakville plant for electric vehicle production. But once the plant is retooled, the plant will require 400 fewer workers. As Ronald Reagan said, the government's view of the economy could be summed up in a few short phrases. If it moves, tax it. If it keeps moving, regulate it. And if it stops moving, subsidize it. This, of course, would be a terrible approach to economic growth, which is why it's so baffling that politicians in this country stand by this practice. So to sum up, the government taking our taxpayer dollars and giving it to large organizations that often just use the money to increase their bottom line and end up laying off workers anyway, obviously extremely wasteful. Moving on, let's go to argument two. The government's track record on quote unquote creating jobs is unproven. Politicians love to make grandiose claims at the ribbon cutting when they're announcing that they're creating jobs, but they almost never follow up to check on the progress, how many jobs were actually created and is this good value for money. Under the Trudeau government, two key pillars of their quote unquote job creation strategy include one, the super clusters program and two, the Canada Infrastructure Bank. So let's take a quick look at how either of these programs have performed. The super clusters program was essentially designed to help groups commercialize their R&D, their research and development. It was introduced in 2017 and the government committed just under $1 billion to the program. The government claimed that in 10 years, this nearly $1 billion that they had invested would increase GDP by $50 billion and also create 50,000 jobs. Five years later, it came out, and this was reported by Blacklock's reporter, that an internal audit confirmed that the job creation claims about the $1 billion supercluster subsidy were, quote, fabricated and 100% unverifiable. Auditors wrote that they could not validate the total number of jobs created. In October of 2020, the Canadian government under Justin Trudeau allocated $10 billion within the Canadian Infrastructure Bank and claimed that in three years, that would create 60,000 jobs. The only problem is the Canadian Infrastructure Bank actually had a budget of $35 billion, but in its first three years, couldn't figure out how to spend anything on any project, although they did bonus out their executive team pretty well. As a Fraser Institute report says, Despite shovel-ready claims, government is almost never able to act quickly enough for this type of stimulus to have a positive effect on the economy. The spending often arrives after the recovery has already begun, which results in the stimulus competing with the private sector, actually impeding economic growth. It's no wonder that the House of Commons Transport Committee this past May had a report that had one recommendation, which was to abolish the Canada Infrastructure Bank. While these prices roll off the tongue pretty easily, that is a lot of money, billions and billions of dollars taken out of the Canadian economy, essentially for Justin Trudeau to play his hand at investment banker. And we have no idea how many, if any, jobs were created. And sadly, on the flip side, we also don't know how many jobs were lost because that money was extracted out of the economy. So to recap argument two, governments make big claims that they're going to create tens of thousands of jobs, but they never follow up and measure how many were actually created. So now let's move on to our third and final argument, which is that governments creating jobs 
is unsustainable. When you hear politicians talk about how many jobs that they've created, you should be very skeptical. Usually you should try to distinguish how many of those jobs are government jobs or in the private sector. Now, according to Statistics Canada, and I'll put a chart on the screen here, but for our audio only listeners, Justin Trudeau may be boasting about job creation following the start of the pandemic, but Statistics Canada has just released a report showing employment from February 2020 to July of 2022. So just over two years. While 422,000, nearly 423,000 jobs have been quote unquote created, the vast majority, nearly 87% of those jobs are in the public sector. On the flip side, only about 13% of those jobs are in the private sector. That means that while 367,000 new government employees or bureaucrats have been hired, there's only 56,000 people outside of government now working to pay for their salaries. Does that sound sustainable to you? The Fraser Institute has actually done some incredible work on this question of what percentage of the population works for government versus outside of government. And what they found over the past few decades is that it ranges from anywhere 20% to 25% of the workforce in Canada works in the public sector or for government. And if you are a government employee, obviously that money doesn't just come from, quote, the government, but it comes out of taxpayers' pockets who do not work in government. So now essentially you have about 75% of the population who do not work for government paying for the entire freight of all of the government employees in this country. The Fraser Institute report on public sector employment in Canada states this. Empirical research points to a so-called crowding out effect where employment through public sector job creation is offset by a reduction in private sector employment elsewhere in the economy. This is a concern because it's the private sector, through investment and innovation, that ultimately generates the wealth and taxes needed to provide the public services that we all hold dear. And this is exactly the point. Job growth and job creation really should be happening in the private sector because it's what pays for the entirety of the public sector. You can't grow the public sector if the private sector is contracting. The Federal Treasury Board, which you can kind of think of as the HR of the federal government, they released some rather alarming statistics as well. Full-time bureaucrats have increased by 44,000, nearly 45,000, or 13% in the last five years, while federal government spending is up by 79%. A lot of Canadians think that they pay the high taxes that they do for our healthcare system and our education system, but if you think about it, the federal government doesn't administer those services. Neither of them. Both education and healthcare are administered by the provinces, so nurses, doctors, they don't work for the federal government. So who are these 45,000 new employees for the federal government that we've amassed over the last five years? And another relevant question is who's going to be paying for all of these new bureaucrats? Because as a Fraser Institute report has found, business investment in Canada is on the decline. And business investment, not government spending, is what really will be an indicator of future economic growth. It should really worry everyone that business investment in Canada is at such low levels. If you look at this chart that the Fraser Institute put out comparing Canada's levels of business investment compared to other OECD countries, the prospects look pretty grim. And again, these are the real job creators, not the government that can take other people's money and pretend to be investing in creating jobs. But these are people who are actually going to cause the future economic growth that this country needs. The government of Canada can pay 10,000 workers to dig a hole one day and fill it in the next, and their job numbers will look great, but that doesn't say anything for the sustainability of those jobs, 
essentially they'll just last as long as the government funding does. And it does nothing to improve productivity in this country. Okay, so let's do a quick recap of the leftist argument and then our arguments against it. It is a leftist argument made by politicians of all political stripes in Canada that the government can create jobs. They'll say that more government spending is needed in times of economic crisis in order to bring about an economic recovery. But here's the truth. The government does not create jobs. It cannot create jobs and it never will be able to create jobs. And here are your arguments to counter those claims. One, the government has a terrible track record of creating jobs and its attempts to do so often create more harm than good. Number two, the government doesn't measure its success and often has no proof to back up its claims. And number three, too many government jobs is unsustainable for the taxpayers paying for it outside of government. So here's a reality check. Governments would do really well to acknowledge their own incompetence and leave the investing to people who actually know how to invest properly and who care about getting a return. And if they really want to grow Canada's economy, they should adopt policies that encourage business investment, like lowering taxes and reducing red tape. Ultimately, the government does not create jobs, but what it can do is adopt policies that are conducive to business investment so that the actual job creators can create jobs. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. My name's Jasmine Moulton, and don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another episode of Reality Check.